The way we've been approaching business has not been working. The existential challenges we face today prove that. But is it already too late or can we find a way to course correct? Thinking in standard economic parameter is pretty deeply ingrained in our psyches. In a business context, our self-worth is typically measured by that one big word, success. Being a German lawyer and son of a German lawyer, I grew up in a very left-brained environment. It doesn't get more left-brained than that. Um, and being left-brained means, from, in my understanding, to be mostly uh, here for transactional purposes, to bring across advice, to come up with solutions. This is more and more um, an old thinking paradigm. So the question is, how can I change that? How can I change that um, to, into a thinking that allows a different conversation? If we look at the increasing economic disparities in the world and what's been happening to our climate, maybe it's not that easy. And it has been standing in the way of our ability to look within ourselves, to connect with our feeling world. To make the question even more pointed, is it making us happy? Anything that was connected to my feeling world, um, I couldn't give an answer to that. I couldn't, couldn't really grasp, so I chose to ignore it. And um, that pretty much uh, was totally okay. It worked perfectly until my early 40s, until I had a dinner with, uh, with a famous coach uh, named Tony Robbins. And uh, he asked me a simple question. So you're successful? I said, yes. And are you fulfilled? And I said, uh, is there a difference between the two? Um, and I didn't even know that there was a difference because I didn't feel safe to even ask that. What does it mean to be fulfilled? This is what Stefan calls the aha moment, a decisive moment where we realize that the way we've been doing things, the way we've been conditioned to do things, hasn't been serving us well. When we're pursuing the what, we're basically acting from a script that society has laid out for us. The dopamine rush into our bloodstream prompts us to seek momentary satisfaction. We are always looking for the next success, the next rush. And what that means is that we're predisposed in seeking quantity over quality. A researcher in the US who went to companies and took the blood of employees, with their consent of course, um, just to measure one thing, one little thing, and that's the level of oxytocin in the body. Oxytocin is a reward hormone. It's basically the love and, and connection hormone. And what he found out that there's a direct correlation in organizations of, um, where, of distrust, of, um, of fear, um, and the level of oxytocin in, in the blood. It's almost non-existent. And the higher that level is, correlates directly to the level of culture that the uh, company has. And this level of success that organizations uh, is able to create, both for-profit and non-profit. And because we are so used to approaching our biochemical reward system that way, it can be very tough to rewire it. A profound aha moment calls that pattern into question. We take off the rose-tinted glasses and see something has been missing, something deeper within ourselves. These moments can be very small, but they can be profound life-changing experiences. The one I had personally, it was actually when we produced um, a uh, 
movie project um, and TV series project called Planet Earth. It was basically when 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 the movie was over um, and it just happened to be the largest screen on the planet. So it was very intense, and all of a sudden, uh, a quietness was in the room, and people started to connect and you could literally feel it in the room how people were hungry for a true connection through through uh, for completely different conversations about what they've just seen and more so what they experienced in these moments we realize that the thing beyond the what is the why why are we actually doing the things we're doing and my why is of course different from your why for instance if you're running a lemonade stand, you might have thought you were doing it to earn some extra cash for the summer. But then you see a person actually drinking the lemonade you've made and enjoying it. And that's the moment you realize, wow, this is why I do it. I want to bring somebody else a brief moment of happiness. To go back to the why, um, the feedback I get most from is actually my, my kids, because they're constantly asking that question. And this is also very often the question that I mostly uh, choose to ignore um, until we can't ignore it anymore. Um, the, the why behind anything that you do um, that drives you, that uh, um, gives a reason, a meaning, a purpose, um, and not just a short-term um, answer or, or a solution for the what and the how. This is where the path to becoming a more conscious leader begins. It's about slowly becoming more aware and attuned to what drives you. And it is your journey, not anyone else's. That's really important. If we want to affect meaningful, sustainable change in our company cultures, we have to start with ourselves. You can only love others if you love yourself. And it does have a ripple effect. Our newfound awareness will spread into our communities and the companies we lead. And it's vital we'll all go on this journey because the less clear our motivations are, the easier it becomes for somebody else to take them over. If you do not have a voice, somebody will speak for you. Well, we are what someone uh, once called meaning-making machines. Um, in the second we come in a room and see any other person, in the millisecond we are already creating a meaning. Um, we, we're basically a judgment. Um, and that judgment is based on where we come from, uh, how we grew up, our conditionings, our traumas, um, everything. But the other person, all the other person has basically said is hello. And already we're having an opinion. And that judgment, that meaning that we gave that situation is happening some subconsciously most of the time an event is never the event it's the meaning that we give to the event and that meaning can either happen unconsciously then we're basically reactive to life we're not in control or it happens consciously then we become authors of our lives and co-authors with life this is where the journey will take us from unconscious to conscious from reactive to active from below the line to above the line. Although sometimes it can be hard to know exactly where we stand. Take a blank piece of paper, draw a horizontal line in the middle. Then ask yourself truthfully and without any judgment, am I below or above the line? Am I acting from a place of fear or from a place of love? 
by the way, if you can recognize that you've fallen below the line like this, it's okay. It's completely normal. It's part of life. You have the power to pick yourself back up. How we do this is the most important part of being a conscious leader. Conversations and community. <laughs> no, you need to create a, a completely different space, a different script, a different process. Um, the, um, and that's also why a community is a must. Because only in the community, um, that's literally for millions of years how, how the human, how humankind developed. Um, that's how we, what we, who we commit to. Um, and that is where we know everyone else that is in the same community shares in the same set of values. Um, and thereby, because I know I meet like-minded people uh, that share in the same values, I can feel safe. This is where the Argonauts have introduced the idea of trust circles. They are round tables, uh, small communities of about eight like-minded peers with a professional coach that carefully guides the conversation. In these trust circles, members can exchange ideas and share their experiences. They talk about their aha moments, their whys, and the challenges they've been facing staying above the line. These conversations nurture the new thinking paradigm that we've been talking about before. And afterwards, the members bring this culture of awareness and communication into their companies. The effect of all of this is that we're beginning to move away from the I am mentality towards the we are mentality. It is sticking to the principle of um, what, what we at the Argonauts called R. It stands for that we are, not I am, that we are. It stands for awareness, to be aware to be responsible, taking responsibility for anything that you do, that, and then be empathetic. The E, empathetic for others, have passion. Well, first of all, start with compassion for yourself. Be empathetic with yourself. When you have that in balance, awareness, responsibility, and empathy, that is when integrity kicks in. Well, there's a famous uh, French philosopher in the 17th century that, that said, I think, therefore I am. I believe in a new paradigm uh, where we say, I think and I feel in synchronicity, therefore we are. So this is what conscious leadership is all about. Becoming aware of your internalized ideologies, taking responsibility for them and using empathy to engage with our peers in a meaningful conversation. It has completely changed me. Um, it has changed the, the way I relate to people, the way I relate to my beloved ones, the way I um, find answers, uh, and not the quick, easy fix solutions that I've so far thought were the right ones, because they were basically in the script I learned, but the ones that are long-term, the ones that, are, that truly hold water, mm -hmm. the ones that give me meaning. I'm Steve with Argonauts. Thank you so much for watching. If you want to learn more about our project, creating a space for conscious leadership for this new time, just click the link in the description below. I will see you in the next video.